Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. James chapter 5, James chapter 5, verse 13, verses 13 to 18. The responsive reading has already been read. Um, there's no one particular verse we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the whole text. Five, James 5, 13 to 18. I want to talk today from the thought, what should I do? when real life happens what should i do when real life happens want to welcome elder and sister ford elder jim and lady anna ford uh here with us today bless god for you all the way from hilton head south kakalaki always good to see y'all always good to see y'all what should i do when real life happens what should i do when real life happens how many of you know real life happens I mean real life, real stuff, real troubles, real tragedy, real pain, real grief, real struggles, like real struggles that can last a real long time. I'm I'm talking real life, real ups, real downs, real highs, real lows, real wins, real losses, real victories, real defeats. Real pain, real secrets, stuff that you don't want everybody to know about, things that you just want to keep. You keep it to yourself or keep it to the family. Real life stuff, real life stuff. James, James did not write. James did not write to Cliff and Claire and Sandra and Denise and Vanessa and Theo and Rudy. He wrote to James in Florida and JJ, Thelma, Michael, and Walona. People who dealt with some real life stuff. I loved the Cosby show growing up. I did. But what none of my friends, mamas and daddies, doctors and lawyers, not near one of them. I did have a friend whose daddy was a dentist. But I ain't had no friend whose mama was a lawyer and daddy was a, was a doctor. It just, just didn't happen. And I just don't. I love the Cosby show, but it wasn't as real life as good times. Good times. I mean, I, 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 we even love Blackish. Blackish is a lot more real life. James wrote to Dre, Rainbow, Zoe, Jr., the twins. Even, is it Denise? What's the little girl name? The little girl, the twin, the little girl. On Blackish. Diane. Di- he even wrote to her. He wrote to her. Diane, Jack, all of them. Even Pops and, uh, and Ruby wrote to all of them. All of them. He, he wrote to folk like Fred, Lamont, Grady, Bubba, Esther, and Woodrow. Real for, can't forget Woodrow. These are people a lot of us can probably relate to. I think in every family there's a Woodrow. <laughs> you ain't even got to say amen. I can look at your face. I just hope you're not Woodrow. I'm just saying I hope you ain't Woodrow. These are people a lot of us can relate to. These sitcoms dealt with a lot of real life issues, losing jobs, having a hard time finding another one, marital problems, health scares, 
death, eviction threats, and even addiction. This month, we're canceling addiction. We're canceling addiction. I want us to look at the text today through the lens of addiction. Look at the text today through the lens of addiction. What do you do when real life happens? James tells us. He tells us what to do when real life happens. Let's take a look. Look at verse 13. What do you do, verse 13, what do you do when you're in trouble? James chapter 5, verse 13, what do you do when you're in trouble? James tells us, are any of you suffering hardships? This is a New Living Translation. What do we do, James? You should pray. You should pray. You should pray. James, what do we do when, when, we're, when we're blindsided by troubles? James says, well, hmm. You should pray. You should pray. What, what do we do when we, didn't, when we didn't see it coming, when it wasn't on our radar? It just, just knocks us off our feet. James says you should, you should pray. When, when they spent all the light bill money on crack cocaine and your lights are out, you should pray. You should pray. When, when they got another DUI, wrecked your car, and now you got to figure out how you're going to get to work. Pray, pray. When the drug dealer comes to your house looking for your loved one because your loved one owes them money, real life stuff. James, what do we do? Pray, pray, pray. Rather than you go get drunk, pray. Ra rather than you go get high, pray. Rather than you turn to your coping mechanism that helps you to deal with real life. James, what do we do? James says, pray, pray, pray. And let me say this. Don't pray as if prayer is a coping mechanism. And I think one thing we've done in the black church, I've been in the black church all my life. I think one thing we've done in the black church, we've made prayer, we've made Christ a coping mechanism. Yeah, lawyer in the courtroom, doctor in the sick room, bridge over troubled water. He's a co we've, we've made him a coping mechanism. How many of you know that Christ is more than a coping mechanism? He's, he's more than who you call on when you're in trouble. He's more than the man upstairs that you call on when you need a breakthrough. He's, he's Christ. He's Savior. He's Master. He's, he's the Lord. He deserves, he deserves all of us. He deserves all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength. He, he deserves all of us. He deserves, he deserves our attention even when we're not in trouble, but when we are in trouble. He's more than a coping mechanism. James would say, rather than resort to crack cocaine, rather than resort to marijuana, rather than resort to a whole bottle of Hennessy, pray. Pray. Don't make prayer a coping mechanism, but respond with prayer. 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 But, but how do you pray? How do you pray when you have these troubles? How do you pray when, when they, they took their whole check? And got high. How do you pray when they wrecked your car again and got another DUI? How do you pray when, when they just won't leave that stuff alone? How, how do you pray when, when, when the addiction is ruining your life? And it may not be your addiction, but it's a loved one's addiction. That's, 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 that's the reason why you don't have a car. That's the reason why you got evicted. It's, it's the loved one's addiction as to why you're going through. J James tells us, he tells us what to pray, but he doesn't tell us how. He just says pray. 
So how, how should we pray when we're in trouble, especially when we're in trouble because someone we love is addicted to something? I, I want you to give God some, some as-if prayers. Pray as if you know he's able to handle it. Pray pray as if you know he's able to strengthen you. Pray as if you know he's able to see you through. Pray as if you know he saw it come, he saw it come and pray as if you know he's able to make a way. Pray as if you know he's able to see you through. Pray, pray as if you know you still gonna make it. Pray as if you know you're getting your lights cut back on. Pray as if you know you're gonna make that next rent payment. Pray, pray as if you know God saw it coming long before you saw it coming. Pray as if God is going to take care of you and yours. Pray as if God is already on it. Pray, pray, pray as if God is able to cause all things to work together for good because you love him and you're called according to his purpose. Pray, pray as if, pray as if God is on your side. Pray, 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 pray like that. Pray. James doesn't tell us how to pray. He just says pray. Just says pray. I, I want you to pray. Don't, don't use prayer as a coping mechanism, but I want you, I want you to pray. James wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. Even he told us in his word, cast all of our cares upon him because he cares. He cares about you. He cares about your family. He cares about that addicted loved one. He cares about you even if you are the one with the addiction. He, he cares. James tells us to pray. He doesn't tell us how to pray. Just say, just pray pray so maybe that's what you ought to do just just pray don't wait until you go into bed at night to pray either pray throughout the day pray when it comes to your mind pray when it makes you cry pray when it burdens your heart pray when somebody call you being nosy pray when folk talking about you and they quiet when you walk up pray 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 then you may have to pray God don't let me wring their neck God don't let me cuss them out pray God if that's how you got to pray James wrote to James wrote about real to real people dealing with real life. He wrote to real folk. And I know maybe only one or two of y'all can relate to being on the verge of cussing somebody out. I know one or two of y'all can only relate. But let me let me preach to the two of y'all and I'll make number three. Sometimes you you on the verge. Pray when you on the verge. You're on the verge of catching a case. You're on the verge of getting handcuffed yourself. You're on the verge. I tell you, them other two of y'all see me at the church. We'll talk. Pray. James, what do we do when we, when we hit with trouble? James says, pray. Don't you go get high. Don't you go get drunk. Don't you resort to drugs. Don't you resort to, to what, whatever your addiction is. James says, pray. Turn it over to the Lord. Talk to the Lord about it. Put it in God's hands. Talk. You, you and God can work it out. God is on it. Pray. Pray. Here's the second thing James tells us, though. About real life, real, real life happening. The latter part of verse, verse 13. Latter part of verse 13. James understands that it's some folk that's happy. Are any of you happy? Now, when he raises these questions, he's assuming that some people would say, yeah. Are any of you in trouble? Yeah, yeah. Hex, yeah. I'm in church. Hex, yeah. James also understands some of us, you know, life is pretty good. Are any of you happy? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Some of you may say, yes, finally. Anybody, anybody got a yes, finally, when it comes to your happiness and well? Yes, I'm finally happy. James asks, are any of you happy? What do we do, James? You should sing praises. 
you should sing praises. Don't you dare take the credit for the good in your life. Give God, give God some praise. Don't, don't allow your good times, your success uh, even, to cause you to drift away from God. Give, give him the praise he rightfully deserves. James says, uh, you, you can sing a prayer to God. You can sing a prayer. You, you, ought, to, you, ought, to, you ought to draw closer to God in your good times, get, get closer to God when things are going well. James says, there ain't nothing wrong with things going well. There's nothing wrong with, with finally getting that job. There's nothing wrong with finally getting, that, getting a good man. There's nothing wrong with finally finding a good woman. There's nothing wrong with things going well. I'd, I'd expect that for some of y'all, things would be going well. James, what do we do? James says, you ought to praise. You ought to praise, especially as we look at this through the, through the lens of addiction, through the lens of addiction. If you're enjoying seven days of being clean and sober, sing, praise, yeah, celebrate that. If you got seven years, seven months of being clean, seven years of being clean, if you, if you, got, if you got some days of sobriety behind, behind you, you ought to celebrate that. However many days you have, celebrate it. Amen. Give God the praise, not just the higher power. Give God the praise. If Jesus, if the Holy Ghost gave you a breakthrough, give God the praise. Amen. Amen. Anybody, listen, if you're celebrating sobriety, we want to celebrate with you. Give God some praise. There's a song been in my spirit for two weeks. Two weeks. Song been in my heart for two weeks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because, because he's given Jesus Christ, his son. Give thanks, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. To the Holy One, give thanks, because he's given Jesus Christ. And now, and now, let the weak say I am. Let the poor say I am rich. Because of what? Because of what? The Lord has done for us. And now, everybody. And let the weak say I am. Let the poor say I am. Because of what? The Lord has done for us. Give thanks. If you're happy, give thanks. If you're happy, tell him thank you. If he blessed you to be clean, tell him thank you. If he blessed you to be delivered, tell him thank you. If he got your husband clean, give him, tell him thank you. If he got your husband off that alcohol, off those drugs, tell him thank you. If you got your son, your daughter, your nephew, your niece, if you got them delivered and brought a breakthrough in their life, can you tell him thank you for them? God, thank you for delivering my child. Thank you for delivering my, si my sister, my brother. Thank you for delivering my loved one. God, thank you. Even if it's only seven days clean, God, thank you. Even if it's only seven months, God, I thank you. Celebrate however much time clean you got. Thank you. James, what do we do? What do we do when things are going well?
Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Sing praise. What should I do when real life happens? When trouble comes, I pray. When things are going well, I praise. But here's the third thing. What do you do? That's right. The third thing, y'all, what do I do when I'm sick? When I'm sick. Look at verse, six, verse 14. Verse 14. James understands. Listen, I know you're anointed. I know you have favor. But you're still going to get sick sometime. What do, you, what, what do we do when we're, when we're sick? Are any of you sick? James would assume some of y'all going to say yeah. Are any of you in trouble? James would expect us, some of us to say yeah. Are any of y'all happy? Some of us ought to say yeah. Some of us. Are any of y'all sick? Some of us should say yeah. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. Excuse me. And the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Are any of y'all sick? James would expect them to say, yeah. If I were to ask y'all, any of y'all sick? I know some of y'all would say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when we, think, when we think of sickness, we think of stuff like, we think of stuff like cancer, lupus, diabetes, congestive heart failure, high blood pressure. We think, you know, the big stuff, COVID. Yeah. But there are some who declare addiction is a sickness. Addiction is a sickness. The National Institute on Drug Abuse says, from, this is from their website, addiction is considered a brain disorder. A brain disorder. Uh, there are many in, this, in, the, in the scientific field, the science field, who have declared addiction is a sickness. The Mayo Clinic, the Mayo Clinic says drug, addic drug addiction, also called substance use disorder, quote y'all, is a disease that affects a person's brain and behavior and leads to an inability to control the use of a legal or illegal drug or medication. They go on to say diagnosing drug addiction, substance abuse disorder, requires a thorough evaluation and oftentimes includes an assessment by mental health professionals. Amen. If you are battling an addiction, there are many who would, who would consider you to be sick. Sick. Something, something that falls within the realm of mental illness. So, should the addict call for the elders of the church? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, as the pastor of this church, if you're battling addiction, you want the elders, if you want the elders to come and pray for you, I'm, listen, I, please call us. Please call us. Just as other folks can call for the elders of the church, the addict can call as well. Amen. So the addict should not have to fight their addiction alone. The church family, the leaders in their church family should align with, with our addicted brother or sister and help them fight. Amen. Call for the leadership of your church to come and pray for you. And look closely, look closely at what James tells us. Look at verse 14. Look closely at what he says now. Verse 14, are any of you sick? To include our addicted brothers and sisters, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. But what heals our addicted brother and sister? What, what heals them? Look at verse 15. Verse 15. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. 
James, if, if the leadership of the church comes to pray for our brother, our sister who's battling addiction, what, what heals them? You said pray for them and anoint them with oil. What heals them? He says prayer, verse 15, prayer offered in faith. Prayer where you're expecting that mountain to move. Prayer where you're expecting them to get a breakthrough. Prayer where you're expecting God to move on their behalf. Prayer prayer because you love them and you want to see them free. Prayer because you love them too much to see them in bondage. Prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and make you well. You know what the Bible says? Yeah. Many of us in leadership were ready and eager to pray for our brothers and sisters uh, uh, who are battling addiction. They shall pray over you and anoint you with oil. But what heals is the prayer. It's the prayer. But let's take another look. Another look. Take, take a closer look at this instruction to anoint with oil. Now, I've taught on this before. That when James tells them, anoint them with oil, he's not, he's not necessarily, he, the, the Greek language he uses is, is, is not the language he would use uh, for oil to symbolize the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Many times when we, when we anoint someone with oil in, in a consecration effort or even sometimes in laying hands on them, it is, it is to symbolize the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. There's, there's certain specific Greek words uh, that's used for that. James does not use those words here. The, the words he used here, he's telling them, uh, is, is words that's used for medicine. Anoint them as if it's a prescription. Anoint them because of the medicinal value in anointing oil. It was a common practice in that day and time to anoint folk with oil because it was considered medicine. There were some, there are reports of some people, they took, a, they took oil baths. They bathed in oil. Now, I don't think any of us get that sick when you're going to get into a whole tub full. They put the whole bottle in there, put the whole... Take a bath in an olive oil, you'll be drying off for about a month. You, you won't need no lotion. You, your skin will be shining. You glowing. You must have been with Jesus. Yeah, kind of. guess you can say that. You won't need no lotion for a minute. He's telling them, he's basically saying, pray over them and make sure they take their medicine. That's what we would get from it as 21st century saints. Pray over them. And make sure they take their medicine. Again, the language that he uses in telling them, anoint them with oil, is, 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 is specific Greek language that does not symbolize. Anoint them as if it's to symbolize the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Anoint them because it's good medicine. It's good medicine. Do it because it's practical. Do it because it can be a practical remedy. So then looking at this text through the lens of addiction, we would say pray over them but challenge them to go to rehab. Pray over them, but, but, but tell them they need to get in a support group. The support group has power. The support group can help, can help but prayer will heal them. Tell them, go to the meetings. Don't get slack in going to the meetings. Go to the meetings, but prayer is what will deliver you. So James is telling them in this verse, he say, he's saying this. He's saying, pray and. Pray and. 
Pray and take those high blood pressure pills. Pray and feel free to go and get the surgery. Pray and go to chemo. Pray and go through radiation. Pray and go to rehab. Pray and find a support group. Pray and go to AA. Pray and go to NA. Pray, go, pray and go to celebrate recovery. Pray, pray and do what you got to do that's, that, that God has ordained for you to be delivered and free. Pray and. Pray and. Amen. Pray and. So even as the elders come to pray for our addicted brothers and sisters, we're going to come and pray and challenge you to go to the meetings. When last time you been to your meeting? When last time you been to that support group? I ain't got no way. Oh, you ain't ready to be delivered. I don't think you're ready. Uh, I, I've been told that when folk are ready, they will walk miles barefoot in the scorching heat to get to rehab. Pray and go to the meetings. The meetings are powerful, but the power is in the prayer. So I want to challenge everybody in here. You're, you, you're battling addiction. We will pray for you, but you need to go to the meetings too. We will pray for you, but you need to find a support group as well. We, we're going to pray for you, but we're going to challenge you. Do the practical stuff that's, that's going to help you be delivered. Stay away from folk that might trigger you into addiction. Stay away from other folk that's using. Stay away from whatever, whatever, can, whatever may trigger you to use again. Try to do all you can to stay away from it. Pray and. Let the church say pray and. If you're sick, if you're sick, if you're battling addiction and you're sick, we, we pray and. Pray and then finally, finally, uh, he says, confess to and pray for one another. What do we do when we're still in trouble? What do we do as we're battling sickness, we're battling trouble? What, what do we do? He's still continuing to give some additional instruction, perhaps for the person who's sick. Who's sick? Look at verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, not the earnest prayer of your pastor. The earnest prayer of a deacon. The earnest prayer of somebody, as long as they got a title. Mm -mm. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. A righteous person. They, they don't have to have a title. They don't need a title. If they, if they know Jesus is able, if, if, they know he can, if they know he answers prayer, listen, have them pray for you. Here's, here's a better way to look at it. If they've already gone through what you're going through, have them pray for you. If they know what it's like to struggle with addiction, get them to pray for you. If God has brought them out of addiction, the bondage of addiction, get them to pray for you. Yeah, pray, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, a righteous brother, righteous sister, with or without a title, has great power and produces wonderful results. Let me come back to that. We got to deal with this confession piece. There's power in confession. Confession, to agree with. I, I agree with, with God. God, I get my standards from God. I agree with God. This is bad. This is not good. I agree with God. I agree with God. You need to make your confession in agreement with God. If you are confessing, I can quit anytime. I can quit when I get good and ready. And if God is saying, no, you can't. No, you can't. Because if you could, you would have. If God is saying, you, if, God, if God says the same thing, you, you, you're in agreement. But if God is saying something different from what you're saying, 
that confession is no good. Confession means I'm agreeing with God. I'm agreeing with God. I can quit when I get good and ready. If God is saying the same thing, the confession is good. But if God is saying, no, you, you, got, a little more, you got a little more bottom to hit. You still have too many excuses. You still have too many safety nets. You still have, you have too many people enabling you. But soon as I touch their heart to stop paying your rent, soon as I touch their heart to stop bailing you out, soon as I touch your heart and they, and they don't let you come stay in their house no more, yeah, you'll be ready then. You'll quit then. Confession means that what I say agrees and aligns with what God says. But watch this. If I'm saying... I'm never going to leave this stuff alone. I'm never, I'm an addict. I'm going to be an addict. I'm going to always get high. I'm going to die high. I ain't going to never, ever leave this stuff alone. If you're saying that and God is saying, if you repent and turn to me, I'll bring you out. You and God ain't on the same page. Y'all, you, that's a bad confession. That's a bad confession. I, and I, I want to challenge any and everybody who's concluded that you're hopeless and you're helpless and you're never going to leave the stuff alone. That's a bad confession. Change your confession. Change your confession. Your confession ought to be, God said, I can be free. I can be free. God, God says, I can come out. I can come out. God, God says, I can be delivered. I can be delivered. I want to make a confession that agrees with God. But James is talking about, James is not only talking about a confession where what you say agrees with God. James is, is part of that, but the other part is we confess to each other. We confess to each other. And what I really, what's really been on my heart uh, to share with you today is, is, is the power of our togetherness. I really wanted to harp on the, the power of addiction. I, uh, but, but I'd rather power, I want to dwell on the power of our togetherness. Why, 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 why it, it helps it helps to bring about deliverance when you, when you have some people in your life, in the house of God, that you trust well enough to make your confession, I got high again yesterday. I, I used again the other day. Yeah, you wonder where I was last weekend. I, I took my check and I got high again. Yeah, you, you confess. Now, you may not want to stand up in front of the whole church. Especially the folk in the church who've been delivered from addiction going to sit back and act like they ain't never smoked, drank, did nothing. You're going to have that. I, I want to confess I, I used again yesterday. And one who just got clean yesterday. Oh, my God. I thought this was the church. I need to find me another church. They want to probably gave you the drugs. Oh, my God. I'm flabbergasted. Confess, and what, what keeps so many of us in bondage, we don't know who we can trust. We don't know. All of us need, all of us need to create safe spaces where people can confess. Well, I don't want to stand up in front of the whole church and make my confession. A couple of years ago, there was a gentleman at, at a Church of God in Christ. Y'all seen the video. Some of y'all seen it. Church of God in Christ uh, convention and confess in, fr- and confess in front of the whole arena that he didn't like men's no more. I don't like men's no more. I like women's. I have been delivered. And at the Church of God in Christ convention in front of an arena full of bishops, church mothers. I don't know if I'd have... I encourage my man to make the confession at that. Wait, wait until you're in a small, itty-bitty little prayer group with about five of y'all. <laughs> make, your, make your confession in. 
I'm not telling you to put your, put your confession in the church newsletter. I'm not saying put your confession on the marquee. I'm not saying put your confession uh, 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 all, all on social media. And some of us really need to pull the brakes on what we put on social media. You don't need your whole life on social media. Some stuff ain't other folk business. I'm just saying. But we, as the people of God, need to understand how critical it is that we create safe spaces so that when people want to get free, they need someone to talk to. There's power in your confession. They need somebody they can talk to, someone they can trust. To where When they make that confession, that confession is staying right there. That confession. So all of us who have a tendency to use this phrase, you ain't heard this from me now. I just got off the phone with them. If they tell you, you act like you surprised. You ain't heard this from me now. You broke the safe space code. <laughs> you violated the safe space code. Amen. Amen. All of us, each one of us should be a safe space. Each individual should be a safe space. Each ministry should be a safe space. If someone confesses with it, to the people they serve with that, they've, that, they've, they, that they did it again, they gave in again, that ministry team should be a safe space. We all, we all need safe spaces. What kills a whole lot of pastors, what kills a whole lot of pastors, too many of us, we feel like we have no safe spaces. With all the stress and trauma and stuff we deal with and shepherding the flock of God, we feel like there's no one we can talk to. So we end up committing suicide. We end up being addicted to drugs. And it's awful when you hear in the news of these of prominent pastors dying by suicide or dying by addiction. It's real. Real life. That's why I appreciate James writing to real people who deal with real life. And the truth is all of us need safe spaces. Let me say this. I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. Let me say this. If you feel as though you have no safe space in any person, any person, uh, I want to encourage you to journal. Journal. Journaling provides you a safe space. Write in your journal. When I was journaling, and I've been telling myself I need to get back to doing it. When I was journaling, I would journal as if I was actually talking to someone. And I would, I would use language that I felt like I needed to use I don't think my I didn't think my journal would tell it I'd write stuff down word for it. this is exactly how I feel and my journal never said oh, Clark you're a pastor I know who the I am you ain't got to remind me sometimes when I talk to my better half pastor Clark I know who the I am you ain't got to remind me my journal never comes back at me. <gasps> you can't write that on there. That's how I feel. I'm sick and tired. You need a journal. You need, you, need, you need to get it out. You need an outlet. God has designed us, even as believers, he designed us to really flourish in community. And what causes so many of us to drown in despair and in our bondage, in our addiction, we don't feel like there's anybody we could talk to that we can trust who would really understand and give us and give us the response that we need. One thing that really can keep me shut down is when who can I talk to who won't tell me something just 
just, just won't simplify what I'm dealing with. I appreciate the encouragement people may say when, are oh, you going to be all right? Oh, you got this. I, I, while I appreciate it, it doesn't help me. I know people say that they mean well, I receive it, but it doesn't help me. It just it doesn't help. So then I, I'd, I'd rather hear nothing than hear that. So I just keep it to myself and I'm like, who could I, who could I talk to? I opened up with some other pastors a, a little while ago and shared uh, and ask them, you know, how many of y'all, blah, 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 what do you do when you, blah, blah, blah. I just pray. I just pray and I trust God. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Yeah. I'm doing that. That's why I appreciate when James says, pray and. <laughs> pray and go to rehab. Pray and go to your therapist. Pray and go to support groups. Pray and. Pray and make your confession. We all need to be a safe space. Somebody sitting next to you could be drowning, drowning in despair, drowning in hopelessness. Because if, if they could just get it out, it would help. It would help. James, what do we do when, we, when we're sick and we're going through? What, 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 what else can we do? James tells us, verse 16, confess your sins. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. I ain't perfect, but they ain't have to. No, James, confess your sins. And I wonder how many of us are guilty of harping their sins more than we harp on our own sins. Because I wonder how many of us could really be the trigger to their using. Confess your sins. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I just want to close with this. I just want to close with this. Prayer changes things. No matter what you're going through in life, prayer changes things. No matter how rough life gets, prayer changes things. When, 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 when Florida, I think if Florida Evans could come and talk to us today and tell us when, when, you're, when you're so disgusted and you don't know what else to say, she'd say, pray, pray, pray. I'm sure that's what she would tell us. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I think that's what Florida Evans would tell us. Florida, what do we do? Pray, pray, pray. Prayer. Yeah, pray. <laughs> Prayer changes things. Don't leave God out of the equation. Don't leave God out of the solution. Pray. What do I do when I'm in trouble? Pray. What do I do when life goes well? Praise. What do I do when I'm sick? Pray and. Pray and call for the elders of the church. Pray and confess. What do I do when I feel like I'm at my wit's end? I pray. I find some safe spaces. I talk to people. I get it out. I get some guidance. I get some relief. I get some healing. Because sometimes the person who, I'm done, Jonathan, not only does the person who's addicted need healing, but the person who's wounded by what, the, by what our addicted brother or sister keeps doing, sometimes they're, they're, they're wounded. Their loved one is in bondage. Their, their loved one is trapped in that, in, that, in that foolishness. Their loved one is, is, is in that bond, and they want them out. And, and sometimes you got to pay for the foolishness they're doing with that addiction. You in the dark because they spent all the light money, light bill money. You evicted because they spent the rent. You're, you don't have transportation because they wrecked your car. Pray that you're healed. It hurts me to see them like that. It hurts me to hear. They call me when they get drunk. It hurts me. It hurts me to see them when they're high. And it just, it, it, it hurts me. It hurts me. It hurt, I see what it does to my grandchildren. I see what it does to my little nephew, my little niece. I see what it's doing. I, I, it hurts me. 
James, what do I do? Pray. Confess and pray that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was just like you and me. Yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. None fell for three and a half years. I wonder how many of us have been going through for three and a half years. Thirteen years. Waiting for God to move. Waiting for God to deliver. Waiting for God to step in. Verse 18, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Pray. When life, when real life happens, give God some real prayer. Give God some real faith. Give God some real sincerity. Give God some real frustration. Give God some real about to lose your mind. Give God some real I don't know what to do. Give God some real I done tried prayer. I done tried therapy. I've tried to be patient. I've tried. Give, give God the real you. And the awesome thing is God really hears you. God really cares. And God is really able to answer you. Jesus did it. From the cross, Jesus prayed. I mean, when you got nails in your hands, when you're literally bleeding to death, coming to the place where you can't breathe anymore, and you cry out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow, that's prayer. That's real prayer. But God is able to take to take that, those kinds of prayers and even the prayer where you, where you say it is finished. It is finished. I'm finished. I'm, it is finished. I'm finished. God can allow you to go through that Friday night death-like experience and, and three days later raise you up with all, with all power, with more power in your hands. He did it for Christ. He can do it for you. He did it for Jesus. He can do it for you. Travis has a song out, uh, he got up so we could get up again. He got up so we could get up again. I want to encourage you to get up again. I want, you to, I want you to know that real life happens, but prayer can change things. Your praise can change things. God, God is there ready to help you. God is there ready to heal you. Don't give up. Trust God. And when he answers your prayer, give him the praise. Give him the honor. Give him the glory. I'm done. Let's stand. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.